Gentlemen, welcome to the Gird Up Podcast. We are glad that you are with us as we get started. A friendly reminder that nothing we say here is meant to be perceived as the official statement of doctrine or belief of any particular school, church, or calling body. We are not affiliated with any particular school, church, or calling body, and that everything we say here is simply the belief or opinion of the man who states it and nothing more. Let's get started with the show. You are listening to the Gird Up Podcast. This is the place where young men come to learn what it means to be a man after God's own heart. To gird up is an ancient way of preparing oneself for hard work or a battle ahead. And our work is to reclaim masculinity in the modern world and live out our calling as men of God. Here you will find a community of believers working hard to be the men that God created them to be. So roll up your sleeves, gentlemen, and gird up. It's time to get to work. All right, shucks. All well, right, we know what we're gonna Here we say go. now, and it's working now. Yes. So we're gonna be great, gentlemen. You are watching the Gird Up podcast. We got Sam Boder here. Hello. And this is the place where young men learn to be the men that God created them to be. Yes, it is. We're gonna try and share some wisdom with you. We even prepared a little wisdom ahead of time. That's what we were doing. <laughs> yeah. We didn't have camera issues. We were just preparing. We didn't restart. Yeah, we're great. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, we're going to dig into Proverbs chapter 3. Might be cool if you follow along or just listen and off we go. Yeah. Kick her off with verse 1. My son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commandments in your heart. For they will prolong your life many years and bring you prosperity. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck, write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your paths straight. There we go. Once again, we've got a father addressing his son. <laughs> I know. <laughs> just, we've done I all know. of this. It's so weird. Yeah. Okay. We're going to be so much more intelligent now, though. Like, we're yeah, gonna we're just so going to sound so concise, right? Yeah. Or not. We'll see. <laughs> okay, so we've got, again, a, a fatherly figure addressing his son, right? Yeah. A consistent theme. Um, like we, like we've said the last few times, if something gets repeated over and over and over, mm-hmm. it means it must be important. Yeah. So grade school, grade school learning right there. Yep. That's what you want to know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just regurgitate the first six verses, but we got this. We got this. All right. Um, uh, and, and again, the idea that prosperity will also come with it. So oh, it's yeah. not necessarily what we're aiming for. Um, but clearly if we behave ourselves as God <laughs> expects us to people are going to notice um it says later on you'll have a good name favor and a good name in the sight of god and man Mm -hmm. um that people will notice and appreciate our behavior the way that we behave when we behave wisely yeah and there's a lot of value in having that good name that good reputation it's not just a prideful thing it's not something that we just put too much emphasis in because we want to look good it's something that we do because we love god and we want to reflect that sanctified life that we have through um, Christ's sacrifice on the cross and our 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 clean slate um, in, the, in the eyes of God. It's yeah. awesome to have. And 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 when earthly prosperity does, we're, we might not even be earthly prosperity, but when prosperity yeah. does come as a result of living righteously, mm-hmm. um, it's not necessarily going to be like lots of money. Yeah, it's not going to be a big house and a big car, and you're not going to be Job, right? Yep. Um, or Jeff Bezos. Or Jeff Bezos. Yeah, he makes crappy headphones, by the way. <laughs> Job makes good headphones, though. So we're Job good. makes great headphones. Thank you, Job. Yeah. He's a righteous man. <laughs> Lots of flocks and fields and great headphones. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah, so prosperity is going to look different um, for different people. And some of that's the design that God has written into your heart. Like, mm-hmm. what do you actually value? What do you want? Yeah. What do you like out of life? You know, some people, prosperity is going to be living in a tiny house, you know, on a country road somewhere. Others, it is going to be, you know, wealth and a little prestige and... And a big family and all that kind of stuff. So sure. um, like a lot of it has to do with taking a step back and trusting God and saying, Lord, what I know you will do what's best for me. You will give me what I need. And then recognizing that and being content and saying, Lord, whatever you give me is enough. And then it almost becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy of, like, I will be content no matter what. Yeah. 
And then because I'm content, I always have what I need. Yeah. But God also says, I'm going to give you what you need. And so, like, there's just this constant flow of contentment yeah. and being provided for by Heavenly Father. Living in a trusting, um, reflecting, you know, being like living a righteous life and being trusting in God will cause you to be content. You'll be content for the blessings that he's given you. Uh, yeah, and that's it's like self-fulfilling. That's yeah. Oh, I think perfect. that ties in really well with verses 5 and 6, too. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lead on, on your own understanding. Um, we like to think we've got things figured out. We know what we need. Yeah. We know what we want. We know all those things, um, whether it be you know, the prosperity that we're seeking, yep. um, whether it just be decisions. Yeah. You know, um, the, the Lord is the one who provides wisdom and knowledge. Yes. It's not what's going on in my heart. And how blessed we are that we have a God who is, you know, all knowing and <laughs> he certainly knows our path and is in control of our lives. So um, that's awesome that we don't have to deal with uh, anxieties and stresses that our own sinful mind builds up for us. Instead, we can put a heart filled with faith in God. Um, and we can lean it on him yeah. and put all of our, our trust in. Yeah. Well, and, awesome. and scripture also tells us over and over again that the heart is deceitful, right? That I can't yeah. trust my heart the way that it is. Yeah. Like um, There's a couple of the Proverbs in Isaiah. He talks about the idea that the heart is deceitful above all things. And so um, you get a lot of people that will say things like, follow your heart and it'll <laughs> never lead you wrong and all that stuff, right? Uh, but the reality is, my heart is deceitful. There's only one place where I find wisdom and knowledge, and that's in the Lord and in fear of the Lord. Um, so when you're saying, trust in the Lord with all your heart, you're also saying, I'm going to kill those desires. I'm going, to, I'm not going to just chase after the whims of my heart. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say, Lord, this is what you command. This is what you ask of me. This is what I will do. Listen to your heart makes a catchy song, for sure. Yeah. But it's less true when thinking about um, how sinful and corrupt our earthly hearts are. So, yeah, better to lean on God and let him take control of our lives and um, know that, like verse 6 says, and um, if we acknowledge him in all our ways, then, you know, he'll make our paths straight and he'll make things, you know, work out in the end. Yeah. Our God loves us, so. He does. Yeah. He does. He does. I also like in uh, verse 3 here, it says, let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck and write them on the tablet of your heart. Oh, yeah. Say so you you were asking what does that even mean to write it yeah. on the tablet of your heart? That's something beyond like making it part of my lifestyle. Yeah, it's an inscription. A whole lot more than that. Yeah, it's like to really like you know. Think I I like to think of this as when you're writing it on the tablet of your heart. You know, it's not like as easy as writing with a ballpoint pen or something like that. You have a chisel, you have a hammer, and you are writing this this message of God. This these commands, these these wisdoms and disciplines. You're writing them onto your heart. Um, to the level where, you know, it's part of you. It's part of your identity. So when you live in a way that's contrary to that, people will notice. And yeah. it won't, it, they won't just see um, what wrong you're doing. They'll, they'll see uh, something that's contrary to your character. Yeah. So. Well, it's, it's almost like the, like, um, a lot of people like to, you know, write God on their, on a name tag and slap it on their chest. Oh, they sure. can peel it off when they need to, but then yeah. they take it back <laughs> on, right? It's like a name tag. Yeah. Um, and then some people like tattoo it. This isn't. This is not like taking a pot shot at anybody with Jesus tattoos, but like some people will tattoo it on themselves. You can still cover up a tattoo, right? Yeah. Um, and what the Lord is saying is something far further. It's like chiseling it into stone. Mm-hmm. You know, like this is something that will not be easily removed. This is something that's not going away. It's going to stay. Yeah. This has been. The matter has been changed. This yeah. This is now something permanent. Yeah. Cool. That's a good point. Very cool. Oh. <laughs> So, I, what I was thinking of when you look at verse six, oh yeah, uh, and the idea of making your path straight—it's a good analogy. It's a great you gotta analogy. Say it again. You gotta it. say it. All right. So, w- when you're plowing a field or when you're mowing a lawn or something like that, and you want to make sure the lines are straight, you can't this, just yeah. look at the lines. Oh, sorry. You want to answer? Wait, the question? No, yeah, you, okay. Yeah, what do you again? do? Oh, you just look at the lines you already made, right, Charlie? No. <laughs> Oh, what? You have to look off into the distance because when you look at the lines you've already made, first of all, you might have already made a mistake. Yep. And now all your other lines are going to be the same mistake over and over. You're just going to keep repeating the same mistake. Yeah. Right? Like Abraham giving away his wife, just doing the same thing over and over. Like, learn from your mistake, bro. <laughs> anyway, um, and, and, and like depending on the angle of the sun, depending on, you know, the way the la- grass lies, the way the grass is growing, any of that can change the line. Mm-hmm. And so your line isn't necessarily going to be accurate. You're going to pick something far off into the distance that will not move, something yep. permanent and steady that's far off, 
far beyond where you're going to have to mow. And you look at it and you keep your eyes set on it. And you don't look at the things that are going on immediately around you. You keep your eyes set on something far ahead and you pursue it and you're going to end up with a straight line. Mm -hmm. And you can't even pick something like right at the end of the line because as you approach that line, your perspective changes. You're going to veer off to one side or the other. You have to pick something really far away. And the same thing is true here when you talk about the Lord making our paths straight, right? He is immovable. He will not change. He never will. And so when I set my eyes on him, on his standards, on his laws, it doesn't matter what the world does. It doesn't matter how morals change in the world. It doesn't matter what laws change, how society changes. It doesn't matter what circumstances change in my life. Mm-hmm. If I set my eyes on him and simply follow him and let go of my own inklings, my own desires, my own you know, whatever it might be, my own passions, and say, no, Lord, I'm going to follow you instead, yeah. um, then that path will be made straight. And that's not to say that you can't have, you know, like passions and desires and all those things, but they need to fit into that. They need to fit on the line. Yeah. They need to be a part of that journey straight towards heaven. Yeah. When you're mowing, you don't veer off to the right to grab something quick and right. then get back on your line. You stay <laughs> exactly. on the line. Exactly. You stay on the line. <laughs> yeah. Stay on the line. Cool. Good. Glad we got back to that. And we're still recording. Still so recording. Right. Things are going well. <laughs> All right, let's continue. Yeah. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing, and your vats will brim over with new wine. Should we stop there? Yeah, why not? Yeah. All right. Do not, so we got warnings here this time around. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. That's a really convicting one for me. Being wise in your own eyes, that's like the number one temptation for me personally. Sure. Is like thinking of a hot shot, you know, like, oh, I got, I know this. I got this. And then. It's not easy to kill the pride. You got to murder the pride. Yeah. It's tough. I mean, yeah. Being an MLC student and kind of like getting up there in the classes and when you kind of start thinking you know things, um, it's pretty easy to look down on like your, I mean, like I, I have more of that experience maybe with like guys who just started football or guys who are just joining the passage track and they're like, Oh, look at this cool thing I just learned. And you're like, Oh, just wait, you're going to learn a lot more than that. <laughs> but no, like that's awesome that you learned that. Yeah. I don't know anything really in comparison to guys much older than me or right. even a year older than me. So yeah. kill the pride, be wise in God's eyes. Yeah. I was, um, I was, well, I was listening to an audio book on the way back over here and it was, he was talking about the idea of being patient with those who do not love the Lord. Okay. And the idea that the way we live and the things that we do are going to be foolishness to them. They'll think that we are fools for living the way that we do and thinking the way that we do. And instead of being angry, instead of getting arrogant and haughty about it, instead of getting frustrated, you should be patient with them and hope and pray that they, in time, figure it out. Because mm-hmm. ultimately, God wants all men to be saved. He's given everyone, like, he isn't, it's not like he died for the people who will eventually be in heaven. He died for everyone. It's an open invitation, and he says, come. Yeah. Like, join me at the table. And the invitation is open to absolutely anyone and everyone. And so, like, that's that's where I'm getting convicted on this right now, is be, being why the idea of, I have done absolutely, that's a key part of Lutheran theology, right? I've sure. done absolutely nothing to yeah. earn my my salvation. I cannot by my own thinking or choosing come to him. And so when I start to get arrogant about the fact that I am a child of God, it's really easy to be like, well, I know the truth and you don't, and that's why I live this way, and that's why I'm right and you're wrong. Like, it's really easy to get cocky about that. Yeah. Um, but in truth, Scripture says just the opposite. Be incredibly patient, incredibly gentle, and incredibly uh, kind let your light shine so that they might see it, recognize that there's a difference in you, get to know Jesus, and find the same wisdom that you have, which has only been given by the one who created you and loves you. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's a perspective shift, frankly, a lot of Christians need, I think. Yeah. Especially, I think especially the further you get toward the edge of like works righteousness, so yeah. when you get towards like Calvinism and things, which may not technically be works righteousness, but really that's what it is, you know. Yeah. Um, and the further you get towards this idea that my sanctification plays a role in my salvation, 
the the easier it is to get cocky about it, right? Yeah. Or to be self-righteous about it. Yeah. And once I believe that I play a, some role in my own salvation, why wouldn't I be arrogant? Like, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. <laughs> I must be a pretty good dude if I'm earning heaven. <laughs> so. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Don't be wise in your own eyes. And then fear the Lord and shun evil. There was a note that said, it referenced Job, who we, I think we've referenced actually, at least in the last one we tried to do. Yeah. Referenced a few times. Um, Job was blameless and upright. He feared the Lord and he shunned evil. Not only was he good at avoiding temptation, he actively shunned evil. Well, and, and the wisest thing about Job is that he's even, like, when his children get together for a birthday party, he then prays over them and says, just in case one of them might have sinned in his own heart and despised you. Like, none of them are outright sinners, like, yeah. outright you know, have left you. But just in case one of them has in his heart and hidden it and despises you. Like, he prays over that. Like, he's doesn't have any not it's not confidence that he's lacking but like he he isn't beyond he's the most righteous man on earth and he still lives in fear of condemnation Mm -hmm. and fear of like the loss of faith he still worries for his family worries probably not the right word but still praise it's a good fear fears the lord it's a healthy fear that his family might leave the lord and he's not concerned with his flocks and fields nearly as much as he is with the health of his family and his children. And that's yeah. part of what makes him so righteous. Yeah. And it's part of why it was such a huge blow to him. Like, the devil doesn't take away his health right away. Mm-hmm. He takes away his family first and then takes away his possessions and then takes away his health. Like, that's, C.S. Lewis talks about a truly humble man. Is, um, it's not going to be somebody who like, thinks little of themselves or like, you know, poo-poos of any time anybody gives them a compliment or, like, acts like they're they're dirt or something, right? Yeah. It's going to be someone who's just so engaged with you and so concerned with you and so interested in you that you just sit there and you go, wow, what a pleasant person to be with. They seem so <laughs> genuinely, genuinely concerned with me. Like, that's what a truly humble person is going to come across as. Sure. It's not somebody that thinks nothing of themselves. It's somebody that's just so worried about everybody else and but they're themselves. not even thinking of themselves, sure. right? And and that's Job, and that's wisdom, right? Is yeah. I'm just c- always concerned with others all the time. Is that ultimate selflessness? He's a good example for a lot of things in here, actually. Yeah, I think I noticed in the the study Bible all the little commentary uh, notes they refer to Job actually a lot, which is not something I would have guessed. But well, and even the word shun, like that's a strong word. It is. And it's an almost uncomfortably strong word, you know? Yeah. Like, a lot of times we like to use words like avoid or... Yeah. Or even turn yeah. into, like, a don't participate in. We say shun. Like, this has no place in my yeah. life. This has no place being around me. This is not going to be something that I tolerate. And that's, yeah. a, that's a big convicting one for me, too. Well, yeah, like, it's kind of like a Christian young adult thing, too, to, like, kind of play with fire and not completely shun evil, but kind of, you know, you let a little evil in because you're like, well... You know, I want to experience something so I know, or, you know, I want to experience this so I know how to deal with it in the future. Like, if I'm if I'm going to be, you know, a teacher somewhere, I want to know what this is and this is. So, you know, there's a lot of danger in letting a little bit of evil in and not shunning and cutting it out. Playing mm-hmm. with fire will, you know, will get burned. So, there's <laughs> value here in shunning evil yeah. and cutting it out. Well, and, and I think about, like, I've worked with a couple of different guys over time where they, like, good men good husbands even like mm-hmm. genuinely guys that i like yeah but they'll like just constantly be making jokes about sex and talking about sex and talking about their exploits and all that kind of stuff sure. right there's a big difference between shunning evil and like saying no i don't i'm not going to participate excuse me <laughs> i said sugar-free co- or Such. dr pepper yeah it's, it's a little stuff. sweet what do they put in there that makes it sweet if there's no sugar that's true probably what makes cancer it, yeah <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> yeah. So, um, what was oh, so uh, there's a big difference between like not like is a difference between shunning and just like letting it go, you know. Mm-hmm. And not that you should stand up and be like, no, what you are saying is wicked and evil. Yeah. But there's a big difference between you know like smiling and hey, yeah, and yeah. not really, you know, just kind of playing along. It's a big difference between that and saying like man that's not funny like yeah. those are two very different things and they might be subtle differences in the moment um but as far as the condition of your heart 
as far as you know even your reputation with others um, as far as being a witness of the love that's in your heart it's a very very big chasm in between the two yeah like what are your intentions by saying those kind of things like you're trying to just get a joke out of something that you know shouldn't you know shouldn't be joked about it happens a lot obviously like as a college student i've experienced with that just with like my friends each other you know we're mm-hmm. guys who are studying to be in the ministry but at the same time we're not gonna pretend like we're not sinful i mean right. obviously you know sinful jokes and stuff like that happen um people make dumb uh dumb choices but yeah <laughs> shunning evil is a really hard thing to do uh it's not it's not the same as just you know trying to okay yeah follow god's law at all times and but it's yeah i want to actively cut out evil from my life and not let any of it in so when i want to go to the bar and stuff like that um yeah it's hard to there's nothing wrong with going nothing wrong with going to the bar but like how many drinks you're gonna have what kind of music are you gonna listen to that kind of stuff oh we're okay it's still gone is it charging no but that's okay we've got 20 percent left is that last year it'll last (laughs) we'll get another warning at 10 and another warning at five would make you more comfortable if you went and turned off, turned it on to low power mode. <laughs> no, I don't. It's okay. Fine. The clock's still going, right? Yeah, the clock's still going. We're good. <laughs> you have better eyes than me. I cannot see it at all. <laughs> well, it's just moving. I, it's twenty. Yeah, it's going. All right. Yeah, respect yeah. the glasses. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what I was saying there, but well, uh, we're talking about uh, the idea of like, going to the bar. You said it. Uh, going to the bar. Yeah, it's it's about your mindset going in, right? Yeah, there's a lot you of opportunities for evil guys, to come in. Yeah. Relax a little bit, enjoy a drink or two, um, and there's a whole another there's a whole another layer to that of like, do I have the money to spend? Is this a waste yeah. of money, or am I using it well? Um, you know, what's going to happen when I get there? What, you yeah. know, the people I'm with now, like all that. Kind what of are my stuff. intentions? Am I going to drive home? Like, like yeah, yeah. It's just tough, and you can do it, but you better be shunning evil the whole way. Yeah. I mean, Which is a lot it's, harder. It's, than, yeah, it's hard to think. do. It's tough. And obviously, you know, um, we're forgiven and we're redeemed Christians. So yeah. when that does happen, we have a God who we can ask for forgiveness from, which is awesome. Yeah. And then we have a promise on the other end. In verse 9, Honor the Lord with your wealth and the first fruits of all your crops. And your barns will be filled overflowing and your vats brim over with new wine. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, like we said before, um, all these blessings that we're going to get, um, honor the Lord with them, use them for God-pleasing things, and um, realize that they all come from God. Uh, Yeah, just another kind of like a Hebrew note, just like studying Hebrew, um, uh, the Hebrew books last two years, like the idea of barns overflowing, vats filling over with new wine, uh, I think especially of, um, oh, Professor Nass would be very upset with me. Why can't I remember the book? Man, I just threw everything out after the school year ended. No, no, no. It's a book <laughs> of the Bible. Oh. It's what we studied for the entire year. Um, Genesis, <laughs> Exodus, Leviticus, <laughs> Numbers. It's, it's prophetic. It's Joel. Joel. I don't know why that slipped go. out of my head. Man, <laughs> that's embarrassing. Uh, Joel, in Joel, there's a massive famine in the land of Israel, and um, Israel's enemies are de- descending upon them, basically. It's, it's an army of locusts that eats all of their crops and stuff. But he also talks about the foreshadowing of their enemies and stuff like that and God's judgment. But when he talks about restoring Israel and restoring his people and how much he'll bless them tenfold, he talks about new wine and, you know, their overflowing vats and their jars will be overflowing. And it's just an awesome image of uh, how much, how much um, blessing and restoration that God grants to his people. Um, despite their sin and he rejoices when with that blessing that he gives them they honor him with it and trust him it's another it's another example of the foolishness of of faithfulness too right if if you want your vats to be overflowing and your barns to be overflowing what's well, probably the last thing you should do take some of it out into a field and burn it well yeah <laughs> you know like take some down to the temple and burn it yeah like if you, if you want to have big strong flocks what's the dumbest thing you could possibly do kill some of them Find the best one, <laughs> the one spotless, perfect one, and then take that one and slaughter that one. Yeah. Right? But the Lord says, if you trust me, if you love me, this is what you will do. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously that's the old covenant. Um, but it doesn't yeah. change coming into our day and age, right? He's still asking us for the first fruits. 
still asking us to give of ourselves and say, nope, I'm going to follow you. I'm not going to follow my intuition all the time. I'm going to follow you. I'm going to trust that you will guide me, that you will give me all that I need. Put our best efforts forward. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline and do not resent his rebuke. Because the Lord disciplines those he loves, as a father the son he delights in. Blessed is the man who finds wisdom, the man who gains understanding. For she is more profitable than silver, and yields better returns than gold. She is more precious than rubies, nothing you desire can compare with her. Long life is in her right hand, and in her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are pleasant ways, and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who embrace her. Those who lay hold of her will be blessed. By wisdom the Lord laid the earth's foundations. By understanding he set the heavens in place. By his knowledge the deeps were divided, and the clouds let drop the dew. Good. Again, you got this father addressing his son, right? Pleading, pleading that you do not despise the Lord's discipline. Do not resent his rebuke. Which, (laughs) also a tough thing to do. Like think Think about when you were a kid. Your parents give you a spanking, right? It's the first words out of your mouth. As soon as, even if you don't say it to them, as soon as the door closes behind them on the way out of the room, what's the first words out of your mouth? I hate you. I was gonna right? say ow. Over that too. <laughs> <laughs> that too. Right? But like, even if, even if nobody's here to hear you say it, you just go, "Oh, I hate you so much." Right? Yeah. You say that's despising the discipline. Yeah. It's not easy to recognize discipline as such. And it's not easy to willingly accept discipline when it comes. Um, but we need to recognize its value and thank God for it, willingly participate in it even, yeah. so that we might grow and be admonished and be better. Yeah, and all of this is out of love too. That's like another big thing that you forget as a kid. <laughs> when you get those spankings or those punishments, all of that is out of love, out of um, the love of your parents. And here the, the Lord as our as our Father, He disciplines us because He loves us. As the Father... Um, disciplines the son that he delights in. Yeah. Well, it's that conversation of why does God let bad things happen to good people? Yeah. First of all, none of us are good. <laughs> True. And second, he only does what is good for us. Yeah. Right? And so sometimes, quote unquote, bad things, right? Things yeah. that we did not want to happen yeah. are going to happen to us, but they're ultimately for our good in eternity. Might yeah. not be for our good as far as, you know, the football season goes. Sure. Or as far as the life plan we had for ourselves or you might not get the job, you might not you know, whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. You know. But ultimately, eternally, he's doing everything he does for our good. He draws us in with it. He brings us closer yep. in prayer, strengthens our faith, and he does it because he delights in us. Yeah. And he loves us. A- and we think of discipline sometimes as punishment. So it, it's mm-hmm. not necessarily the case. A lot of times I mean, punishment usually follows a misdeed, right? Yeah. Um, and the same is true often for discipline. But discipline is more a natural consequence that happens. I mean, it's all like if you think about karma, right? The idea of karma, obviously it's it's a not a Christian mm-hmm. doctrine. But the idea of karma is bad things happen so that you might not continue to do bad things, right? Yeah. Oh, and discipline is the same way. Discipline c- follows an uh, an indiscretion, so that the indiscretion might not continue. Yeah, and, and understanding it that way, you're not looking at it as something bad happening to good people. You're looking at it and saying, "All right, Lord, I don't even know why you did it, but I know you did it for a reason. I know it serves a purpose. Let your will be done." Yeah, and and that comes along with that comfort and contentment um, of trusting the way our heavenly Father leads. Yeah, I like the idea that discipline doesn't have to be punishment. In a lot mm-hmm. of ways, it's just things to help us learn. In fact, like he delights in us, it even says. Yeah. Like, the Father disciplines the Son he delights in. God is absolutely in love with us, and because of that, he's going to do whatever we need, even if it's unpleasant. Yeah. yeah. Like, after here, we got a nice we got a nice list of <laughs> all the blessings yeah. that we achieved. Wow. Lots and lots yeah. of symbolism. There's also the, a pronoun change, which... I wish I could remember better. That would be another great Palestrian point that I'm sure I could bring up. But I think it might just be something with the Hebrew that they change. From blessed is the man who finds wisdom, the man who gains understanding, for she is more profitable than silver and yields better returns than gold. Tough to know. Tough to know. Tough times to read uh, the Old Testament sometimes. 
but if you look at it with the general sense kind of make a broad uh, broad sweep with the brush here um, just know that the wisdom and understanding of God is like eternally endlessly more more valuable to us than any earthly possession could ever possibly be um, the ways that we derive from God's knowledge and God's understanding or the not understanding when we place that in God um, the way our life will go these are pleasant ways these are peaceful paths these are things that God blesses and things that God makes right for us and yeah so just furthermore basically summed up for me is this is going to be a huge blessing for us. Yeah. Well, and you look at all these, all these blessings that he lists and all these, you know, benefits of wisdom and you recognize that the greater your wisdom, the greater the benefit, right? Mm -hmm. And so you've got, again, got that lifelong incentive of, I want to know the Lord better. I want to, you know, I, like, I want to keep pursuing these. Yeah. I want the blessings of wisdom. And I want more of those blessings, so I need more wisdom. And the only way to find more wisdom is to know Jesus better. And so you have this cycle of, you know, I get to know Jesus better. I have more blessings. The more blessings I have, the more I want to know Jesus. The better I know Jesus, the more blessings I have. And it's a cycle that keeps on going. It's like a vicious cycle, but it's yeah, a good one. In a good way. And again, not earthly blessings necessarily. Yeah. But spiritual gifts, spiritual blessings. You know, the Lord promises he will bless us and provide for us. But it might not be, it might, might, might not be stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, wisdom is. Yeah, stuff's wisdom not the most valuable stuff in the world. Stuff is not the most valuable stuff in the world. <laughs> Some would argue that wisdom could be the most valuable stuff in the world. I would agree. Wisdom as the love of God, yeah. and knowledge of His of His commands. M wisdom might be that stuff is not the most valuable stuff in the world. Wisdom. <laughs> <laughs> How deep you want to go here? <laughs> Wisdom might be knowing you know nothing at all. Oh. Socrates. Wait. And by knowing nothing at all, you know the most important thing, Whoa. which is wisdom. <laughs> that was more valuable than rubies wow. and gold right there. Far more valuable than rubies and gold. That was worth about five ninety nine. Uh, yep. <laughs> Let's keep going. Yeah. My son, preserve sound judgment and discernment. Do not let them out of your sight. Uh, they will be life for you, an ornament to grace your neck. Then you will go on your way in safety and your foot will not stumble. When you lie down, you will not be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. Have no fear of sudden disaster or of the ruin that overtakes the wicked. For the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being snared. Do not withhold good from those who deserve it when it is in your power to act. Do not say to your neighbor, come back tomorrow or come back later, I'll give it tomorrow, when you now have it with you. Do not har do not plot harm against your neighbor who lives trustfully near you. Do not accuse a man for no reason. Do when, not. Oops, sorry. <laughs> do not accuse a man for no reason when he has done you no harm. Do not envy a violent man or choose any of his ways. For the Lord detests a perverse man, but takes the upright into his confidence. Sweet. The Lord's curse is on the house of the wicked, but he blesses the home of the righteous. He mocks proud mockers, but gives grace to the humble. The wise inherit honor, but fools he holds up to shame. Sweet. Oofta. Preserves, preserve sound judgment and discernment. Do not let them out of your sight. There'll be life for you. Yeah. Yeah. Discernment is a big one, too. We don't talk a lot about discernment. But wisdom is nothing without discernment, right? Discernment mm -hmm. is like the application of wisdom. Um, I, I, think, I think we ought to pray for discernment a lot more than we do. Yeah. You can, yeah. Especially when we have so many resources at our hands these days. You can... I think you can read and listen to a lot of things that might be touted as educational or life-changing or good things to remember, but, um, you know, the things that are most valuable come from God, really. Um, and obviously God gives us a lot of resources too, but, you know, to be able to discern what is good for us and what is God-pleasing in everything, really, you know, um, things that we have listened to and things that we just see around and in the media and on TV, things that we listen to, um, being able to discern what is good and use sound judgment that's based on God's word. Yeah. Uh, these are extremely valuable things to have. And another uh, my son, just like to point that out. Yeah, another my son. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, and I think um, say discernment is really valuable in figuring out what truth is, right? A lot of people, a lot of people don't agree about what is truthful. 
Mm-hmm. And, and reality is nothing is true, again, unless it's rooted here. Yep. Right? So there is, like when Pilate says, what is truth, right? Like, it's, it is a little ironic because he's looking truth in the face and says, well, yeah. what is truth, right? Um, but it's not, it's not a question that went away. And it's not like nowadays there's less truth than there was back then or something, right? Like, everybody thinks they know the truth, um, but there only is one truth. There is no, like, find your truth, which is the catchphrase of the world right now, right? Like, find your truth, find your peace. Another good catchphrase. Listen to your heart, find your truth. Yeah. Not great, It sounds like wisdom, but it's not. Yeah. There's only one source of truth. And being able to discern what is true and what is not, like, that stems from wisdom that can only be found in the Lord. Yep. I totally agree. And uh, here we kind of have some more applications of things that will happen when we do place our trust in these um, commands of God and we use sound judgment and discernment. Um, There'll be life for us. Um, They're like an ornament gracing our neck. They will go uh, um, on your way in safety and our feet will not stumble. When we lie down, we'll sleep um, without fear. We'll be having sweet, peaceful sleep because of the wisdom and sound judgment from God's commands. We won't have to fear sudden disaster or ruin, like Job. Well, and he doesn't say that sudden disaster will not happen. Yeah. He says you have no fear of it. And there's a big difference between the two. Again, a lot of people think, oh, because the Lord loves me, sudden disaster won't happen. These bad things won't happen if God loves me. That's not necessarily true it's like the feeling of when you know you did something wrong and you know the cops are after you in this way like you know, speaking for experience no 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 no. <laughs> no one watches this right no <laughs> no <laughs> like when you've in this case if you're if you're doing things that you know are wrong in the eyes of god then you will you know even if you know it's foolish you're still going to fear god and you're going to fear the you know the wrath that god is able to yeah. give to us, you know. Well, another proverb says, "The uh, wicked flee, though no one pursues them, but the righteous walk with the confidence of lions." Right? The idea of everybody knows what's coming innately, whether they want to admit it or not. Yeah. That's why everybody's afraid to die. Because yeah. they know what's coming. Right? We don't have to fear that, because again, we know what's coming, and we know it's not something to fear. Yeah. Um, and the interesting thing is that those who don't know what's coming have a right to fear and they should be afraid yeah and those those who do know what's coming (laughs) not afraid yeah don't need to be afraid we both know what's coming but yeah we don't need to be afraid yeah we know what to expect maybe is the better yeah and for that reason we can sleep sweetly and without fear yeah one of the things I've, i've talked about in the past is the idea that uh um, when, when scripture says, you know, and God, I trust and I'm not afraid. What can man do to me? Mm-hmm. Like it's, it, it, it's almost like cutesy, like, Oh man, can't do anything to me. Like sticks and stones. Right. Yeah. Um, but like legitimately like m- men can do us harm physically. Yeah. They can do us harm emotionally, mentally. They can do us harm in all those ways, but they can't touch us spiritually. Right. Yeah. And so it's actually, you can even see it as a blessing. Like if I get beat up one day. You know, it might take, what, two years off my life? Mm-hmm. Two years earlier, I get to see Jesus. True. You know? Like, you go, th- you have a really stressful day, and like, legitimately takes a couple hours off your life? What a blessing. <laughs> get to meet Jesus sooner, you know? Yeah. Like, um, I, you, the Lord sends you on a hard task. It just gives you a difficult life. What a blessing. Yeah. Get to meet Jesus sooner. Like, what a blessing. You got to see his grace even more clearly than anybody else. What a blessing. And with that attitude, like we were talking about earlier, the idea of just being content with anything. Yeah. You know, there, I have nothing to fear. I have nothing to be afraid of. There's nothing that worries me because I know the end of the story. You know, it's, it's like, uh, have you ever read a book and, like, peeked at the last pages before the book? You know, like, I used to do it with the Harry Potter books. Yeah. Like, I know it's only book five. And I know that there's another book about Harry, but I just need to peek at the last chapter and know that Harry oh, survives. Terrible. Just got to peek <laughs> at the last and know that Harry survives so that I can keep going, you know? That's brutal. You know? Like, like 
It's hard. It's a lot easier to read the book if mm-hmm. you know that all the main characters survive at the end. True. Like, oh, and now I'm just <laughs> waiting for them to figure it out yeah. so that they can all survive at the end. Yeah. Right? Um, we don't have to worry about what the end is. We know what the end is. And all these stuff's going to happen between now and the end. I don't know what that is. But I know that at the end of the book, it's me sitting before the throne of God, singing his praises forever. Like That's the end of the story. True. Just got to work to the end. So whatever happens between now and then, <clears throat> I'm not too worried about it. No. I'm just going to go along for the ride because I know what's going to happen on the last page. And as, you know, as, as humans, as earthly people, we do tend to worry. And, you know, we get the anxiety and stresses of life um, because we're sinful. But God does promise here that, you know, he blesses us and with these um, pieces of wisdom and understanding that God gives to us. That we can be sure that in our time on earth, we can avoid disaster and things like that. God can, God will be with us along the whole way and will give us confidence. He'll yeah. be our confidence. Um, yeah, I, I just can't stress enough like how good that, like that verse 5 and 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your understanding. And it's kind of backed up by, you know, 21 through 26 here too. Like, that's like the best single best comfort that you anyone really can have i mean i guess if you're not christian it doesn't apply much to you but for any christian just to know that all the things that make you worry in life yeah okay maybe a guy won't run through your house um and kill you right then and there or beat you up within an inch of your life yeah physical harm may not be your greatest danger but there are a lot of things in our lives today that cause us a lot of anxiety and stress um you know mental illness is on like an all-time high in my generation and your generation as well um, we're in this, probably the same generation. We're a couple I of years am, apart. I guess I'm like six or wait, You're more millennial. I'm like more 22? Gen Z, right? Oh, 22? Yeah. 22? So I'm 99. Okay. So like... Yeah, you're like seven years younger than me. I don't know if it's a whole generation. <coughs> not, so, but. you know, <laughs> generational science is a, it's an early study. I'm like one of the very last millennials. And I'm one of the very first Gen Z, I think. I, I think that's know. how they're saying. Yeah, so we're not supposed to like each other, I guess. No, I Something like that, yeah. Brutal. It's yeah. Just, uh. <laughs> <laughs> no, but there's a lot of things in life that can make us worried, and I think I see that all the time. My friends, my family, myself. I mean, things bog us down. Brains get full of awful thoughts and worries about the future, especially as a student. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's no greater comfort than to know that there's an all-knowing God yeah. who asks you, tells you, implores you to put your whole heart in Him and let. You know, let all that trust go to him. Yeah. You don't have to take on these worries. God's going to take care of us. He's going to let us sleep. He's going to let us lie down. He's going to let us walk the path without being ensnared yeah. along the way. Yeah. And, and it's and it's constant. Yeah. It's constant. There's not like time where you have them and time where you don't. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. Um, did a video a couple of weeks ago about prayer closets. It came from a book that I was reading. And the idea of no matter where you are, no matter what you're doing, you can pause. Just Go in your prayer closet, right? Whether or not it's actually a closet, it might just be you standing there and closing your eyes. Um, it might be going to a bathroom stall. It might be going out to your car. It might just be finding a quiet corner. But no matter where you are, no matter what you're doing, just find a moment of peace. Start talking to Jesus. Mm-hmm. Like that's all you need. Just go talk. There is no, you know, like at the end of the day when I can go be with Jesus for a while by myself. Like, those are good things. Yeah. But he's with you all the time. He's <clears throat> he's constantly doing this. He is always giving me peace and safety. All I have to do is look to him to have it. Mm-hmm. It's uh like the uh, snake lifted up in the wilderness, right? All you got to do is look to him. Yeah. It, why don't we look to him? <laughs> like when things get hard and tough, you start getting stressed out, start struggling, start getting angry, start whatever. Yeah. The the easiest thing to do is just turn it. Well, because it's easier to stay angry, but it's <laughs> sure. not easier to stay angry. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you could have peace right now. Just look to him. Brown snake. Yep. In these words. All you gotta do is look. Yeah. Cool. He's got a list then. Yep. The don't the do nots. Do not withhold good from those who deserve it when it is in your power to act. Some of these, it's like, why would I do that? And then you think about it, you're like... You do it all the time. Yep. I do it a lot. Yep. Uh, Do not say to your neighbor, come back later, I'll give it tomorrow when you have it with you. Those two to me are both laziness. Just like being lazy and selfish. You know, like a friend comes to your room, says, hey, I need something. You're like, meh. 
I got a lot of homework to do tonight. Right. Can you try tomorrow? Yeah. Yeah, and instead of doing homework, you just stick to your phone. But yeah, <laughs> that's always like soul crushing to me because I think of I think yeah. the best the best like you know I think the most like faith development times I've had in in college just you know besides going to chapel and class and stuff like that are when guys open up about something that they're really like having troubles with or worries that they have and then they come to somebody just in a moment of like weakness or just like hey have you guys thought about this and then you know yeah i put aside some translation i had for two and a half hours but you know we're all the better because of it we all had a great conversation we all became you know we just feel better it's good to have these conversations it's good to help your neighbor and give them the good that they ask for um when they ask for it and not just withhold it because it doesn't you know right yeah those th- those kind of situations lead to really good things in my experience, even though it's not the most convenient for you at that moment. Yeah. 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 Always picking the right, whether it's the easy right or the hard right. Yeah. Always picking the right. That is why I miss the dorms, too, so much, I think. That was the main thing I missed about the dorms is just the opportunities for, you know, obviously, great fun times with your friends, but also, like, um, yeah, just being able to be a good neighbor to your friends and always be there for them. I think that's an extremely valuable thing to have, not just between Christian brothers, but between yeah. um, just Christians in general. Yeah. Verse 29, do not plant harm against your neighbor who lives trustfully near you. This doesn't have to be like some big dastardly deed. This could be <laughs> as simple as like, I'm going to just leave some hair in the sink because I know she hates it. You know? <laughs> like, you know what? Screw him. I'm not doing my dishes today. Yeah. Like, it could be as little as that. You Playing know, like, your music a little loud hate, too. You know, yeah. I, I mean, I know it annoys you, so I'm just going to do it. Yeah. Because it annoys you, right? It doesn't even have to be like, you made me mad by doing this, and so I'm going to respond by, it could just be like, I feel like picking a fight today. It's just a little malicious sometimes. Yeah. You wake up and you choose violence, yeah. you're like, eh, why not? Yeah. 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 doesn't have to be a big thing. It could be a little. <laughs> Do not accuse a man for no reason when he has done you no harm. Again, doesn't have to be like, he committed murder. Yeah. It be as little as like, I, I mean, the implication, right? Yeah. Like, you're not actually lying about somebody. You just make a little application. You're just angry at the world one day, yeah. so you take your frustration out on somebody. Yeah. I think that happens a lot in relationships, too. Someone has a bad day and grouchy. Yeah. Yeah. All right, every once in a while, I'll just say something that's like, it's not a lie, but it's also not a complete representation of the truth. And that's where I was thinking to myself, like, why did I even feel the need to say that? <laughs> like, why? Why? Yeah. Why did I feel the need to say what? Good. What purpose did that serve? Yeah. Good or bad? I just don't know why I said it. You know. Yeah. You go. I. I don't. You can't explain it. Yeah. Like you're a bartender, right? Yeah. So like when I'm serving too, I can tell when someone's had a bad day too, because usually if if I say something like, "Oh, we're out of the cheese curds today" or something, you're oh, gonna that get that like, would be a bad day. Wait, where do you get? Where do you bartend? If cheese well, curds? I don't bartend, but I serve at Green Mill. Oh, we okay. have great cheese curds. All right, I great cheese, some curds. cheese curds. We, we're not out of them ever. We're endless flow of <laughs> oh, cheese man, curds. I need some cheese curds. Good. Get some cheese curds in Green Mill. All right. Open. Uh, this is my plug for, che- uh, <laughs> for cheese curds. <laughs> for Green Mill. Go to Green Mill. Ask for me. I'll serve you. But when somebody's having a bad day. Yeah. No, when someone's having a bad day, you can tell. It just got made worse by not having any cheese curds. Not, made, by wor- made worse by the lack of cheese curds. Yeah. You can definitely see when people lash out for no reason. I mean, that kind of stuff happens to everybody to everybody every day. Um, but it's hard to kind of collect yourself and say, okay, I'm just, you know, put it all behind me. I'm going to treat my, my brother, my neighbor with kindness and love. So, yeah. Good thing you're mind yourself of. Oh, boy. Do not envy a violent man or choose any of his ways. For the Lord detests a perverse man, but takes the upright into his confidence. Uh, isn't it just... In, sorry, go ahead. No, this one's kind of tough. I'm, I'm, I want to hear what you want to say. I think so that one's tough. I, um, there's an interesting perspective that uh, John Eldridge, who wrote Wild Heart, brings. Wild Heart is a great place to start, but it's not necessarily full of truth all the time. But it's a great place to start. Mm-hmm. But he talks about the idea of um, violent men aren't always the ones like putting their hands on others. A violent man also could just be somebody that just... like goes too hard on something right yeah. so like somebody that completely gives themselves over to their work and even at the expense of their own bodies and of their own minds and of their families and everything like that could be violent right yeah. that could uh, it's the same it's the same mental process as being physically violent right mm-hmm. it could be you know somebody who's verbally aggressive whatever it might be this is similar to the idea of like if i hate you it's the same as committing murder in my heart the yeah. same mental process is going on. It's the same rotten spot in my soul. Yeah. Right. And and violence, and 
like these over aggressive behaviors are also all the same rotten spot in my heart right yeah and um it's all intended it's all intended for harm no that makes sense yeah what you're saying makes sense i because when you gave that definition it kind of brought into mind how i kind of saw this first because the word envy is what kind of made me confused at first but do not envy a violent man or choose any of his ways when you think of that someone who abuses one way and one you know some one thing in one way or another i think a lot of times guys will look up to someone who's completely affixed to one thing so like whether it's a political commentator or someone who's really good at sports or someone who's really good at this or such hobby and or maybe if it could even be something sinful um those aren't good pursuits to put behind me you know it's tough yeah it's it's a tough thing to think about but uh don't envy a violent man and choose any of his ways don't look to someone who's put all of their um efforts into a basket that isn't basically god's word Mm. you know like if you want to get a good role model just choose somebody who tries to live his best like godly and upright as possible which you know those guys are basically in the bible it's good to have like a you know a pastor as a mentor or someone to look up to but by and large god's word is the is the best way to find uh role models i feel like i also i also just want to make the point that um the word violence here say doesn't necessarily mean like a rough and tumble guy right yeah it's someone who is like actively committing harm against others if that makes sense sure so like um people will try and use passages like this to condemn football or condemn you know like you know i haven't heard that but different things right well or like uh like fighting yeah like the idea of like getting on a mat and rolling like wrestling and that kind of thing saying well that's violence the scripture clearly condemns violence but i think this is definitely one of those cases where you have um whether it's you can blame the english if you want um, versus sure. the Hebrew, um, you can blame you know the fact that we have multiple definitions for single words, all that kind of thing. But here we're talking about a violent man who is defined by his violence, yeah, as opposed to someone who might behave violently from time to time. If that makes sense, you say, I you know, and, and, and I say the violence here is all about harm, whereas like the goal of football isn't to hurt everybody else. Right, the goal sure. of the goal of boxing isn't to you know, kill the other person or do their body harm. Yeah, um, it's really to outlast the other. person. Right, it's to outlast the other person. Yeah. It's to you know, have better strategy. Like it's a game of strategy, is what it is. Yeah, right. Same thing with like jujitsu or even like MMA and that kind of thing. Yeah, the idea is that um, basically I end this before you do, and by nature you want to do it with the least damage to them and to you as possible. Yeah. is really the way you want to. Nobody wants to go 15 rounds in a boxing match. No, I wouldn't want The boxers don't want to go 15 no. rounds. Nobody wants to go the distance. They want to end it early, and they want to end it quickly. Yeah. And early and quick usually means, like, a shorter amount of violence. Yeah. Uh, and it, so it's the idea of being defined by the violence, like being defined by like who I am is hurting other people. Yeah. As opposed to, you know, the, like aggression just of, of being men sometimes right I I, get I, aggressive men there. sometimes get a bad rap because people will view any aggression as as violence and that's not necessarily the case either this is not an excuse to kill parts of our soul yeah no i get the, i get what you're saying it's yeah it's just yeah to summarize it for me is also just yeah don't envy don't look out don't set up as a role model someone who is I don't know, just yeah, does does things to harm other people or yeah. Well, I think uh, maybe a better example would be like the military. The goal of the military is not to kill people; it's to protect. It's to protect and serve. It's a very yeah. big like they might be masters of violence. Sure, but <laughs> the, but it's true. My fiance's you know? in the in the air force. <laughs> just thinking of her as a master, of, her as a master of violence. <laughs> She's very sweet. Right. But the goal that. is, the, the, the purpose is protection. Yeah. Um, and they would be very happy to never have to be violent. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, that's that's the ultimate goal. Is yeah. to, I mean, that's the whole, the whole Reagan thing, peace through strength, right? Yeah. If I'm prepared, if I'm adequately prepared, then I will not have to fight. Yeah. So, cool. Yeah. 
All right. The Lord's curse is on the wicked, but he blesses the home of the righteous. He mocks proud mockers, but gives grace to the humble. The wise inherit honor, but fools he holds up to shame. The Lord will not bless the house of the wicked, and the Lord will not curse the home of the righteous. Just another yeah. great <laughs> little uh, textual uh, apparatus for you right there. If you want to just switch the two words around, sometimes it brings out other truths yeah. in a verse. The Lord's curse is on the house of the wicked, and it's not on the house of the righteous, and yeah. vice versa is true too. Yeah, I like it. Makes yeah. it straightforward for you. Yeah, the Lord will not bless the wicked. Yeah. Yeah. And again, you have this idea of the Lord knows what's best for me, right? And yeah. sometimes if he gives someone over to their sin, that's going to include some riches. And he just says, you know what, have them. Yeah. You know, and and it's easy to look at that and be like, how come he gets all that? And I'm the one that loves you. And the Lord says, well, I'm continuing to discipline you. I've given him over to his sin. Yeah. And uh, that's, I'd rather... I, again, the Proverbs say it over and over, better to have nothing and be in the favor of the Lord than to have the whole world and lose your soul. Yeah, you know. and we just got a whole long list of um, ways to have a righteous home where you're trusting in God and um, you're looking to him and he's giving us also more uh, guarantees and promises and things that will encourage us to live uh, in a righteous home. You know, he'll bless us, he'll keep our paths straight. Um yeah, the the easy earthly desires to want to let wickedness into your house and not shun evil all the time, those are everywhere, you know, since we live on the earth. But obviously that end goal, that straight path, that end goal to heaven um, is the ultimate encouragement to, you know, keep a home of the righteous, keep our hearts looking towards God. And he'll bless it, and that's awesome. Yeah. Um, I like... Yeah, I like, it's kind of like anthropomorphizing God, if that's even the right word. Honestly, I don't know what that means. Like when you give human qualities to okay. something. Or is yeah. that anthropomorphize? Sure, we'll go with it. Yeah, let's just say it's that word. <laughs> <laughs> We're giving kind of a human uh, characteristic or quality to something that isn't necessarily human. Um, God, in this case, he mocks proud mockers and he gives grace to the humble. God just saying, um, yeah, he he doesn't just, you know, dislike the sinful uh things that we do but he you know he shuns evil he mocks proud mockers but on the vice versa he gives grace to us he gives grace to the people mm -hmm. who are humble and um who honor him yeah great to know really yeah <laughs> yeah i'm well, even looking at the next verse like there is no honor to a fool yeah there is no honor to a fool only shame in and, fact, a yeah. fool often thinks that he is being honored when, in fact, he's being held up to shame. Yeah. Kind of like the, are you going for like a laughing at, laughing with type thing? or uh, Maybe. I think a lot of times um, fools are quite proud of their folly. Yeah. Like a lot of times a fool will even like brag about it and be like, yeah, look at this. this and this and this. And they'll yeah. you know, glorify it and they'll want to be praised for it. I think you think about, uh, yeah. yeah, you think about, like, right now, you see it a lot with, like, so it it's, uh, oh, what, it's Pride Month, right? Oh, yeah. It's not enough to be okay with it. You have to celebrate it. If you don't celebrate it, then you're against, that, like, then you're against it, right? So yeah. you have not just, not just leaving a fool to his, to his folly, but then saying, like, you must honor my foolishness. Bring honor and pride. Yeah. Up to it when it reacted. Right. In reality, it's and shame. And, and so, right, exactly. Say so he's what he's he's not. I, they're not actually finding a place of honor. They're finding a place of greater shame. Yeah. Greater and greater shame. Jesus says, um, "It'd be better to have your uh, to have a millstone tied around your neck and be thrown to the depth of the sea than to lead little ones into sin." Right. Mm -hmm. And you have a whole community of people leading others into sin and insisting that sin be acknowledged and honored as good. Yeah. Right. It might feel like and look like honor now, but really he's holding you up to shame. In eternity, it will be great shame. What's like your age demographic usually for your podcast? Um, I aim it for younger people. Sure. Well, I would say that another really great application for this for younger people, kind of like in that upper teenage range, mm -hmm. is like drinking. 
Like, oh, yeah. fools he holds up to shame. People Perfect love example. to Better boast example about than mine, it. honestly. I mean, no, that that's very true, too, because the amount of... But like, look how much I drink. And you're like, dude, that's not... First of all, physically <laughs> not for healthy you, for you and your brain. But also, like, you know what's wrong. Yeah. Why are you proud of that? Yeah. And, like, and yet we all brag about it from time to time. Yeah. Remember like, when bro, we did I this? Bro, I put back six, yeah. and I'm still on my, I can still drive, you know? Like, I'm yeah, the best drunk driver in the group. Not something like, to be proud of. Not something to be proud <laughs> so of at all. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, right. a, it's tough. On behalf of all those involved in producing, recording, and publishing this episode, thank you for listening to the Gird Up Podcast. We hope it helps you along your journey to be a man after God's own heart. Be sure to check out the Gird Up channel on YouTube. There you will find many podcast episodes just like this one, but you will also find exclusive video content geared at helping you be the man that God created you to be by introducing you to other godly men, teaching you how to behave, study, dress, act, eat, and live like a man of God, and you'll find devotions to help you grow in faith. Please consider supporting Gird Up Ministries by donating on Patreon, shopping in the online store at girdupministries.com, or by making a $5 cup of coffee donation at girdupministries.com. Those donations help us make more great content just like this for young men just like you. Make sure that you like, follow, friend, and subscribe to Gird Up and our guests on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Those links are in the description. And as always, we'll be praying for you on your journey. Blessings, men. Time to gird up and go be the man that God created you to be.